Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome to tonight's main event for the thousands live here and the millions around the world. Let's get ready to podcast. How do you guys like that intro? Oh, you guys don't like that intro? Well, how about I play some jazz in the background? See what you feel about that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the VR1 NFT Podcast. And I'm your host. This is where we live, yo. And I ain't got the rights to that beat. So that's all you guys could hear because it has to be under 15 seconds for me not to get a copyright strike. We're going to pull out a module. We're going to do a module today. But I have an epic and historical podcast to deliver today. Ladies and gentlemen, in one short week, the entire course of my life has changed. How do you ask? Very simple. I decided to start a crowdfunding event through Kickstarter and we're going to raise 5.5 million dollars um I have to I have to do a video to include in the um I guess in the description you know when you when you look at the at the project a video would explain more than I could do um, in any other format. I would like to have maybe some basic slides or PowerPoints. Or I'm also debating on kind of like showcasing it to people millennial style. Like instead of having a PowerPoint, I have my digital platform. And I'll literally show people step by step. So, I'm going to pick a module. I think it's going to be a strategy tool, right? Um, I think I'm going to use value chain analysis as today's module. So, I'll give you guys a module. But um, let's get right into it. So, here we have um, a basic breakdown, right? Let me adjust my microphone so you guys can hear my beautiful vocals perfectly. So, basically, this is the premise. We're going to have to talk about NFT technology. And we're going to have to talk about the music industry. Then we're going to talk about how they are coming together currently and in the future of how they will come together. And then, indirectly, I'm going to directly speak about my portfolio because this is the leverage that I have bringing to the table against, let's say, a record label. So we'll have a quick refresher. I apologize again, I had to uh, adjust my microphone. We'll have a quick refresher on the music industry. And then from there, 
we'll move on to technology. Give me one quick second. Get your coffee, your tea, your sports drink, your nutrition shakes, your protein shakes, your fruit or your produce blends, your vegetable blends. Get your English muffins, your cheese danishes, your toast, your eggs benedict, whatever helps you get started throughout the day. Give me one quick second. Oh, man, this coffee is the bomb. Today, I got McDonald's coffee. So shout out to McDonald's, our sponsor of the day, and MindTools. Please log on to MindTools.com. Download the MindTools app, 120 free tools to take your business to the next level. So select the orange square and start there. And then if you like, you can open a corporate account or you can share it amongst your business partners and employees. It's made a world of a difference in my life. I am an avid user. I want to say a little over 10 years, at least 10 years, 10 to 12 could be a little bit more, could be a little bit less, but at least a solid 10 for sure. Now that we're moving on along to 2023, then, then a little bit more, but that's when you know that that's a good product. Seriously. That's why I always give them a shout out. They, they really helped me uh, build the foundation for my, for my program. Give me one quick second, young. Mm. So I want to start the day warming up the engines. I want to drink my coffee because when we get into it, we're going to get into it. Again, I'm going to be adjusting my equipment here so that you guys get the best of the best that I have to offer you guys. So I'll take a lot of pauses so that my pledgers and my mentees and my business partners and my friends and my family can all absorb the huge amount of data that is to come your way. As a matter of fact, I always drop off my son early after I finish my podcast. But today, we're going to be pushing it to the limit because we're going to give you guys like a deluxe program. So today's title will be $5.5 million. So... Let's talk about, very briefly, the music industry. When an artist is signed to a label, the record label does something very unique. They they evaluate the artist at tomorrow's evaluation, but they're able to secure the artist, sign the artist, Get the artist under a contract, a commitment, at today's price. So they get the opportunity to buy the talent before the talent buds into its full potential. So whatever they sign you for, they know you're going to be 16 times greater than whatever they offer you. So an artist gets a record deal for 450000 He's worth you know, five, six, seven, eight, maybe $10 million to give you an example. So unfair, but true. Now, how does the music industry generate money? 
Well, there are certain key factors in place. You have your publishing, which controls how many of a copyrighted material can be produced, distributed, manufactured, and released, etc. You have uh, the actual copyrights, right? Which um, detail a specific quantity of royalties. So every record or every song has 100 points. And what you receive based on your mechanical royalties, that percentage is your, your you know, your mechanical royalty. So let's say you, you're signed and you get 10% of your royalties, right? That means for every dollar, every 100 points, which is equivalent to a penny in that, in that example, for every dollar, 10 cents will go to the artist, 90 to the, to the record label, etc. Now, we understand those key three factors, right? Publishing, copyrights, and, um, you know, the actual ownership of the masters, right? So when a record label signs you, they buy all those rights or they lease those rights for a specific amount of time. One album, two albums, to five albums, for example. And they negotiate the terms of an advance, an advance on the potential royalties, publishing, or earnings that that recording is going to have. So the artist has a little bit of money to organize themselves and basically um, be able to engage in all of the artistic development. So, for example, let's go with basics, you know, a place to live, transportation, security, management. Um, somebody to handle all the public relations, all the publicity, um, a personal trainer, a nutritionist, a in-house producer, in-house DJ, a road manager, a booking agent. These are all the things that help the artist become the artist. Now, when the artist records, if he's a performing artist, they'll hire a writer to write the records. Um, if not, maybe the artist can write themselves. But they'll still need a producer, an in-house producer that will work with an out-house producer, depending on the projects they're working on. Um, they'll need a, a master engineer to engineer the records. And now, most of the time, the record label, either they'll have their own centralized recording studio or they'll have companies that they've established relationships with where they do their master recordings. Now... When the artist finishes recording the actual record, that record is not taken home by the artist. Um, that record is kept by the record label, who then decides what happens with the project. So an artist could be in the studio every day, but those records stay with the record label. So now the record label decides based on their budget, their marketing, their strategy, their promotion, when they're going to release a record. Um, for that record, they'll pr they'll produce a promotional tour, a media press tour, and they'll probably, you know, film a music video, build digital campaigns around that video. Maybe they'll make flyers and posters. Maybe they'll make merchandise, and maybe they'll put together a tour in the starter circuit, which means they'll need a budget for a tour bus and 
the roadies, the people that carry the equipment, etc., etc. So this is a whole process that the record label gets to decide when and where because the record label is assuming all of the risk up front and they're putting up the money for the development and the release of the product or products uh, depending on what's negotiated. So that's a real basic of the music industry. How does the music industry produce money? Well, by releasing songs now available for digital streaming or digital downloads. And um, sometimes they can be licensed to a commercial, a, uh, a short film, an independent film, a major film, a series, a television series. There's so many ways that the song can be licensed to produce an income. But ultimately, right now in today's business model, everything is, you know, digital downloads and digital streaming. Um, the record labels have direct contracts with the digital service providers. You're going to hear the term DSPs. That's what they are. Please take note. Digital service providers. Um, these are the digital distribution networks. Um, to give you an example, let's say Apple with iTunes. Um, Spotify, Amazon Prime, SoundCloud, amongst many other which are similar to, to the ones we just explained. So what happens with NFT technology? Let's talk about NFT technology. We, we kind of rush through the music industry part and... We're going to jump into NFT technology. Let's take a quick pause and let's speak about things such as what is fair to an artist and the rights to the ownership of your own material, um, the rights to creative control. If those things are not negotiated, most of the time the record label will take creative control will take um, every opportunity to pretty much, you know, like uh, dictate what happens with an artist's art. And um, most artists won't have full creative control. Um, the record label is designed to simulate what a financial institution is, except that, in a sense, they extort the artists you know they sign them to these slavery contracts because all of the advantages are leaning towards the record label and not the actual artist so they own the masters the master recordings they own most of the publishing they own the copyrights and they may negotiate a mechanical royalty and for far too long, artists have fallen victim to these types of predatory contracts. And what happens is, is that you have a chain of talent that is always trying to express themselves and, you know, release their music to the best of their capability and they're always neutered. Their growth is limited based on what the label can manipulate and control.
The reason why I use the term simulate, they simulate a financial institution, is because when it all boils down to it, their investment is nothing more than a loan with some horrible terms. Meaning, the record label recuperates that advance or that money that they invested initially first before the artist can make a profit. Then, once that is recouped, once that money is is already reestablished, the percentage that the artist is left with is close to nothing. Um, you know, a major artist may get eighteen percent of the gross profits, not the gross that's coming into the business. Um, the artist is responsible for all expenses. And the record label gets to dictate, once again, what they charge. Let's say the record label has a recording studio. Well, they may dictate that the studio is $500 an hour. And it includes two engineers, for example. Um, Not really granting the artist the freedom to go find a better facility for a more competitive price. So that's just an example. This is one of many things. Let's say they're recording a video and they have a a film studio with certain equipment and certain key producers, writers, etc. They're going to opt to go and work with that team versus looking for the best possible deal. Even though they know and they understand, they're well aware that the artist is going to pay, you know, the bottom line. The bottom dollar is going to come out of the artist's budget. So another way that they simulate a financial institution is that because the system is designed to keep the artist in debt, the artist continues to borrow against the label, burying themselves deeper into their their mess. And every time they do that, at every interval, the record label comes in and swoops and, 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 and like a vulture, uh, takes a bigger portion of whatever is left, which is close to nothing. So what happens? The art suffers, the artist suffers, and they follow the same cycle. They find another artist and put them through the same process. It's as if the artist is a grape on a tree, and the industry, you know, they, they plant the seed, whatever, the seed grows, whatever, But when it gets to the grape, they come in like a vulture and eat the grape, most of the grape, and only leave like the little stem with a little bit of a mass around it. And then they figure out ways to eat the rest of the mass and leave only the root. If I could describe the music industry in a few words, that would be the best explanation. So now, moving along, let's talk about NFT technology, the blockchain technology. Anyone that's going to invest in this project is going to be um, familiar with NFT technology. And for those that are not, let's put them up to speed. Blockchain technology is based on a public ledger that cannot be changed or altered. Okay, it's a closed loop system, even though it is open source. Every 
X amount of time, depending on the network, a block is created that has all of the transactions that have occurred in that blockchain for that time frame. Once that code is put together, once that block is generated, it cannot be altered. Okay? So, this technology is what makes something like Bitcoin possible or Ethereum, for example. Um, speaking of Ethereum, our NFTs, my NFTs are, are built on Bitcoin and Ethereum, on their uh, blockchains. So when it comes to smart contracts, such as details, um, incurring proof of ownership, once you create something on the blockchain, it's permanent. Nobody can attest to it. Nobody can say, well, there's something wrong. There's a mistake. There's no way cryptography uh, or, or crypto, cryptographically to try to alter what is already there. So if I create something on the blockchain, nobody can say that it belongs to them because on a public ledger, you'll be able to verify when that block was created, what it was intended for, what are the details of it, and also how it moves through the network. So, for example, somebody could rent a Lamborghini and um, show on their social media that they own the Lamborghini, right, for example. But on the blockchain, you can't fake it. You can't do that you're able to verify if somebody really owns something according to the network. Now, this network is not centralized. This network is universal. So there are millions and millions of computers and millions and millions of servers securing that this Ethereum coin or this Bitcoin or this NFT was generated on this day by this person, was sold, and transacted from this digital wallet to this digital wallet, and it can be verified every step of the way. Now, also, in, in the actual NFT, a royalty, a mechanical royalty, is programmed in from inception. So once an artist like myself, I, I create a music NFT, right? All of the rights to that song and everything that's attached to that record is attached to that NFT, and whoever owns that NFT owns the song. Um, it could be one NFT. It could be a billion NFT. It could be a trillion NFTs. There is no limit to how many there can be. That is all designed and programmed by the creator. So I, to, to kind of speed it up a little bit, and I'm going to go back because there's a few elements I was unable to... Um, to fully express. I'm the first artist to have his music catalog on the blockchain as an NFT. It doesn't mean I was the first musician with an NFT or that I minted the first song as an NFT or, you know, a number of variations. It just means that I'm the first to put his entire catalog because I actually had a catalog to put on the blockchain. What did that do? Well, that changed the music industry as we know it because no longer do we need to go to a DSP to release music. I didn't have to get permission from a record label. 
I didn't have to get authorization from Creative Control. I produced a record, minted it on the blockchain, and put it up for sale. If anybody is interested in purchasing one of my NFTs, they can do so directly from me. It doesn't have to go through a third party like a record label, management company, talent development firm, venture capital firm, none of those things. Now, what I realized by creating NFTs is that you still have the product problem. What is that? Well, the internet has been compartmentalized just like major retailers, major stores. So I realized that creating the NFT was not enough. Now I would have to promote and market the NFT for people to be able to consume it. And you run into the challenge that every product and every service has. It's access. Access is the key word here. So understanding the concept of time and the concept of the imagination, understanding that nobody in one's mind can see or, or build something the same way that another person's mind is. Understanding the concept of time that when something is on the blockchain, it's eternal. And forget about its valuation today. You have to think a thousand years from now, 20,000 years from now, what is the value of that going to be? I launched my collection. Now, with this Kickstarter, this crowdfunding event, what I'm aiming to do is the exact same thing. But this time, it will be on a much bigger scale. So, I have a technology that allows me to secure and show proof I am the author of a unique creative piece of artwork I'm able to release it to the world to the masses directly to the consumer as a matter of fact in the primary market I already make my profit residual income is produced by the mechanical royalty that I assign to each NFT every NFT every musical NFT for example has a certain capacity where an actual, let's say if it's a musical NFT, a music player is built in. Let's say it's a visual NFT, a visual player is built in. No longer is there any need to go through a record label or go through a DSP to produce an income because the NFT is all of those things put together in one simple to use and, and simple to operate, simple to incorporate technology. So, this is the future of music and entertainment. This is the future of visual arts because it has smart contracts attached to it and proof of ownership, proof of copyrights, Everything can be established on a public ledger for the whole world to see. So what is genuine, what is authentic, what is real is coming back. You see, 
you can take a picture of the Mona Lisa, right? But it doesn't mean you own the Mona Lisa. Now, if I take the Mona Lisa and I make it an NFT and it's the first of its kind, you can show proof of ownership. And you have physical proof that you own something in the digital world. There are no two like it. It can be modified. It can be changed. You know, also, the value is derived from the actual value that the artist brings to each NFT. So, this is to summarize and to make something very complex as simple as it could possibly be. If I wasn't an artist able to create so much music in such a short time span, if I didn't have a catalog to begin with, I could have released a song or an album, let's say a full record, a long play or whatever. But it's different when you are actually presenting a catalog, a collection of 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 musical recordings that became a collection of NFTs. That's what set me apart from the crowd. Also, I continued to make music during that process. It's only been a year and three months since I started the first collection, which is known as the Earth Dreams. This new collection is still being programmed and it's still being prepared for release, but it's so much more bigger, powerful, and stronger with so many much more features that this is it, Michael Jackson. This is the collection that's going to change everything. So through Kickstarter, I'm able to offer everyone the opportunity to support what is essentially going to be the change of the music industry once and for all how we know it because all the record labels are doing right now is figuring out ways how to include NFTs in their contracts and take away the power that the independent artist now has. NFT technology is the future. I can't begin to tell you enough I probably don't do the best job of explaining it. All I know is the concept of the imagination and the concept of time. Also, all I have to leverage against the whole world, the whole industry, is my music. And it is my catalog. And it is the NFTs. What if you could go back and buy into 5% of the Notorious B.I.G.'s music career or 10% of Tupac Amaro Shakur's entire catalog or 20% of Michael Jackson or Prince's catalog. Just think about what that would be worth today. We're talking the peak of their careers were mid-80s to the mid-90s. You know, I'm using Prince and Michael Jackson as an example. What would that be worth today? 
how often does a uh, Apple or Microsoft come around a Berkshire Hathaway? These are once in a lifetime investors. Whoever put 20 grand into a startup like Apple or Microsoft or Berkshire Hathaway has laughed all the way to the bank. And that just goes to show you. That's just a basic example. Mm. It's hard to explain all things because, you know, I cannot be all things to all people, right? Give me one second. <laughs> That's my yoga stretch right there. Oh, man. So it's like, how can I explain the technology without explaining my collection? How can I explain my collection without speaking about the music industry? How can I showcase the capacities that I have, the abilities that I have to compete with what is already known in the market? Without explaining everything together. So. Let's pull out our fucking katana blade. And let's get right down to the meat and potatoes. I have the biggest catalog. In the music industry. This catalog. Will become. The biggest musical. NFT collection. Thus far. I already have the future catalog, meaning the next X amount of records that will be put together and also released. This is an opportunity for my pledgers to be a part of that. For every single pledge, from a dollar to fifty dollars to a hundred to five hundred to a thousand to 1500 to 2500 to 5000 to 7500 all the way up to $10,000 every single pledge will come with a reward of a specific NFT of my collection some depending on the tiers are part of the original collection Going back to the concept of time, obviously those are the most valuable ones because they are the first, and that can never be changed. I'm in the history books for all eternity, and now the world not only knows it, but has an uh, ability, has the opportunity to fully participate. This is what I've been nurturing for the past year and three months and what better time what better sequence than now to launch something like this crowdfunding event through kickstarter to begin to share that collection um with the world 
Now, with this funding, I'm going to be able to promote and market to the world. I'm going to be able to produce the new catalog and actually mint the new version of the new collection of NFTs, expanding my music catalog even more. Let's peel back some of the layers. The concept is this, full creative control, no influence or input from the industry whatsoever, not directly, not indirectly, creating a whole new avenue of doing business, sharing it with the world where everybody can participate. From 10000 to $1, there is a slot in the NFT available for you. On top of all of that, on top of all of that, my catalog remains in the care of my diehard day one fan base. It will be priceless for a Michael Jackson or a Prince to have that and I'm able to understand that November of 2022 think about a hundred thousand years from now and generations from now what that is going to mean and sound like to the rest of humankind will probably be cyborgs by then But can you imagine that every NFT, in a sense, is every individual's Sumerian tablet? Imagine having an NFT where you could hear Jesus talking, or Gandhi, or Genghis Khan. These are figureheads throughout history. And this is just to give you an example of what I'm trying to convey to you. This is a piece of the future because it is future technology. Blockchain technology is inevitable. You cannot stop it. There are too many benefits for it to fail. Granted, there are ethical elements here. The creator of every NFT, creative or artistically, the value should be sustained by the creator. If somebody is an artist and they create an NFT and their goal is to sell that NFT and, and, and they stop contributing, meaning adding value, the demise of that brand is the fault of the, the person that created that brand. But this is like a lifetime commitment. In other words, instead of a record label signing me, I sign myself to my own record label. Instead of a record label or a financial institution investing in me, my own fans, the common human being, can invest into my record label, invest into my career, invest into my NFT collection, and invest into my catalog. Who else better to trust with my music? For all eternity. For the well-being of my family financially, of course, when I'm no longer a part of this earth. 
but who else to trust my estate and my catalog to but my fans? Imagine if Prince could turn back the hands of time, travel to the future, discover NFT technology, and place his catalog in the hands of his fans worldwide for all eternity, for it to be passed down from generation to generation. Right now, his estate wouldn't be in probate because he didn't have a wife and children. Are you following me? With Michael Jackson's amazing catalog, there would be no way for the record label to swoop into his parents and purchase his catalog for $250 million when it's probably worth $250 billion or more. I think that catalog is worth at least $380 billion. That's because of inflation. It's actually worth more than that. It's probably close to a trillion dollars. These are legacy goals. Goals that I didn't understand personally till I grew up and got an education. But just to put it into perspective, who else would I trust to carry out my estate other than my fans? Now, let's change perspectives as quickly as possible. Let's think about, um, you know, somebody like, uh, like a Michael Jackson and a Prince. Let's fast forward it today to, let's say, a Drake or a Bad Bunny. What would you give? How valuable would it be to you to have 5% of their career right now? We're going to take a quick pause and we'll be back with our second segment. So, picking up where we left off. Picking up where we left off. Once I understood the technology, the actual music, how everything works, how everything is put together. There was no way I was not going to get involved with NFT technology. When you look at the Billionaire Boys Club and what they did last year in a matter of weeks, I couldn't have gotten a better confirmation of why this was the the new avenue so i have a technology that can secure my my catalog with smart contracts for all eternity proof of ownership proof of stake on the best network known to man with a public ledger 
where the music is able to reach my fans directly, where I have full creative control to be who I am and do music as I please, where I can program a mechanical royalty for the rest of eternity. Every single time that an NFT is sold and created and traded, etc., that mechanical royalty is paid out to my estate where my family, my descendants, my children will forever have a steady flow of of income and benefit, generational wealth from my music. Generational wealth. We're not talking about one or two generations, which is where the average fortune is destroyed. We're talking for an eternity. We're eliminating so many different factors and we're able to create the music, connect with the fans, and the fans are able to carry the legacy for all eternity. No need to put my song on Spotify and get less than a penny every time that is spun. As a matter of fact, I wanted to use Spotify as promotion for people to buy the NFTs. But honestly, I don't even want to do that. And it will take some time for people to adapt and accept the concept that it's better to have ownership it may take some time, but once people realize that you actually own the record you're listening to, that you can buy it, you can sell it, you can trade it, you can hold on to it, you can use it as an investment, you can use it as a hedge between another investment. You know, you can freeze that asset. You can borrow against that asset. Once that asset is regulated, there's so many benefits that are going to come with that. This is before all the bazillionaires fly in and buy everything that's available. This will also be available to those investors. But what makes it the most powerful is the fact that you actually have the purest form of music because there are no limitations and there are no constraints. So I'm explaining it to the best of my capacity in the context of audio recordings. There's not an industry that you could not apply this technology to. And I challenge you to come up with a concept that we could not turn into an NFT. And it goes to show you on 
even if I created a landing platform where the consumer could buy the NFT and the NFT would be access to the entire catalog. It doesn't get any simpler than that. No third party, no this, no that, no none of that. The NFT is all exclusive um, membership to the catalog. My vision is to create a digital universe where the landscape is composed of my music. And every piece of major real estate belongs to one record and one song. And now people that live in the metaverse are able to buy some of that real estate. And that entire galaxy and universe and Milky Way is my musical catalog. And only the people that want to be there belong there. And those are the believers, the people that love the music, engage and interact with the music. Before NFT technology, nothing could guarantee that and this would be the wildest dream of an artist to know that it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, how you are, when you are. You're able to create your music as a Sumerian tablet forever. The Sumerian tablets are the first NFTs. Those crystal skulls that they're able to connect to computers... Those are the first NFTs. The pyramids, those were the first NFTs with all the hieroglyphics that are inside of them, all the intricate designs and the different functionality and features that, you know, that it showcases. The NFT is unlimited power. That's exactly what it is. And I understand that today, 2022, imagine... A hundred years from now, how powerful this podcast is going to be because it lives forever on the cloud of the internet. Web 3 is a real thing. Can you imagine Web 5000? Can you imagine my NFTs still in the blockchain at Web 10,000? Web 100 million? Web 100 trillion. The future is coming. What people don't realize is that the future is already here. Time is a concept of man. It's a theory. It's not fact. Like relativity and gravity and all the other theories that are out there in the world. Blockchain technology is not a theory. It is fact. The technology is here. Hardware, software, zeros and ones. Apple controls 60, 70% of the market. Android has the rest. Amongst other um, companies and products and services. And it puts everything into perspective. We are the precursor to the future. We are the first in what we're aiming to do. I am the first. For a year, 
and three months on the 25th of this month, meaning another 11 days, I've been meditating on how to proceed. Now, through Kickstarter, we have one of many fundraising events to launch future projects. You, you know what Kickstarter has provided for me? Kickstarter has officially become my business partner in the sense that there's no way I'm going to create any future creative projects without going to Kickstarter. There's no way I'm going to fund any project without Kickstarter because Kickstarter is a community of artists. Who else would I go to? Why would I go to a venture capital firm or a venture ownership firm or financial institution that maybe their their portfolio is built on everything but entertainment, everything except art. Why would I go to get any other kind of funding or financing? My career, my job would literally be to be the representative of my shareholders. My shareholders technically are my pledgers. And the products are available to the public. Everything that I create would be artistically inclined to meet the demands of that public without any restrictions. That means I could be a, a full-time artist and create the best possible art in my heart and fuck everything else. Nothing else is important. It will be the rawest and the purest form of audiovisual and arts. Whether it's music, film, poetry, literature, publishing. I mean, the list goes on and on. If I go to every category on Kickstarter, I can create projects in every single category. And I can take my catalog into every single catalog. So, this is it's inevitable. And, and you want a better test that the technology works? It doesn't exist. This is the way to bench press. This is the way to, to test uh, uh, the actual technology. Because even at 1% to 3% of the people that understand technology to fully grasp the concept of what I'm saying will make this project uh, uber success. Because this is not for the faint of heart. This is not for your day-to-day creative type. This is like the future. Like we're talking about the future. We're not talking about now, today. We're only using the past as an example of what we're actually putting together for the masses. So that puts so many things into perspective. That's why it's so hard to explain it. On top of all of this, the music is fire. The music is top-notch, top of the line. So it can only get better. The technology is amazing already. And guess what? 
it can only get better because that means there are no distractions. I have all the, the, the source funding to do everything I've done on a much bigger uh, spectrum. And anybody can participate. Like I said, from 10,000 to 7,500 to 5,000 to 2,500 to 1,500 to 1,000 to $500 to $100 to $1. Everyone is able to participate. I don't have to go start an LLC. I don't need to go through this avenue and that avenue and none of that. I could just have the funding to create the music, create the NFT technology, market and promote it, and that's it. Give it to the world as raw, as pure, as, as uncut as it could possibly be. So this is like raw honey straight from the from the honeycomb. By comparison to something that's generically put together. The consistency is not the same. If you understand honey. You know that the best honey is the honey that's not processed. Whatever else you want to compare to. To honey. That is not that. It's not the real deal. And that just puts it into perspective. We have to put the business and the technology first before we even get to the art. But when we get to the art, that's where everything changes because the wiring is different. If the talent wasn't there and so pure and so raw, it wouldn't connect with the people so infectiously. And the catalog would not be what it is. I believe the last year to two years has been the best of my career and I believe that within four to eight more years I will be able to just focus on new talent because the technology hopefully will be better regulated um, there will be vast improvements and then the real journey begins all I am is the blueprint. All I am is the first small building block of a future uh, universe to come. I can already see it. I already see every artist observing us pave the way for this technology and then embracing it. Because if you don't have a big enough artist with a big enough catalog, it would never work. See, the music has to be that good. The catalog has to be that great. The artist has to be worthy of being the number one brand ambassador. And that's exactly what I am. And that's exactly who I am. And I understand that in 2022. A thousand years from now, they're going to say, wow, this is the Steve Jobs of NFTs. This is the Berkshire Hathaway of, you know, audiovisual and arts entertainment. This is the ultimate Amazon Prime structure. Look 
at why Amazon became the phenomenon that it is. It's going straight to consumers. There's no way to to get it better than that. If I want a mango, I climb the tree and I grab the mango. There's nothing like it. So the sound of music is going to change as the technology changes. There's going to be less constraints. You see artists already getting $40 million advances. It happened two or three times earlier this year. In 10 years, it's going to be half a million, I mean half a billion dollars. You don't believe me? We'll see in 2042 or 2032, to give you an example. It's already going to happen. There's no way that it cannot. Because the same way that the record labels are figuring out ways to include the NFTs into their contracts, artists are going to start to realize, they're going to start tabulating, wait a minute, look at this group of people, look at these artists, look at what they've done, what they've accomplished, what they've established by just incorporating NFT technology intelligently I think that summarizes everything I'm going to double check the first segment because I'm not sure exactly what went wrong but in my platform it wasn't showing that the ticker was moving but let's take a quick pause and if we have to we'll come back for a third installment okay well thank God I just double checked and everything was fully recorded. So, I want you guys to formulate all the questions. Because also, Kickstarter gives you a 30-day slot to increase your, your funding. Or, let's say, 60 days. In that think tank, people asking those key questions are only going to help to contribute to the actual goal. And the reason for that is that every unique pledger, investor, supporter, fan, is going to have a unique perspective or point of view. And... By me being able to have access to that and for me to be able to answer those questions is priceless. You know, it's something that is going to benefit our cause tenfold. And it is essentially one of those things that that is the true reason why I say this is once in a lifetime. Because either you understand it or you understand it. There's no way. For example, there's a section where it says, um, what are the risks and factors and things like that? And I said there are no risks and factors because this is the funding to release the NFTs. The music is already there. The old catalog is already online, right? The new catalog is being programmed and created. And once the funding is there, it's going to be online. So what are the risks? There are no risks. 
the music will be as an NFT collection back on the blockchain as an expansion to the first collection. And that's it. It doesn't matter if the NFTs are not purchased. They're going to be on the blockchain automatically. From the moment you press enter, they're on there. That's it. It's, it's part of the network. Now, whether people buy it in this lifetime or a thousand years from now, it doesn't matter. That's not the important part is not when they're sold. The important part is that they're available, they're created, they can be promoted, marketed, and distributed. That's it. It's like, a, in a sense, it is kind of like a wrapped Bitcoin. But really and truly, everything that's incorporated into that NFT is there for all eternity. And again, I'm going to continue to bring up the concept of time. I'm going to continue to bring up the concept of time. This is a Sumerian tablet of every single word, bar, lyric, thought, verse, hook, bridge, song, album, EP, single, soundtrack, documentary, whatever it is. This is for all eternity um, going to be in the blockchain forever. The Sumerian tablets will always be the Sumerian tablets. That's going down in history. NFT will forever be an NFT so long as there's, you know, digital platforms. That's it. You can't break it. It can't get rained on. <laughs> you know, people can't change it because they dislike it. You know, it just, it is what it is. It's eternal. That's it. As long as there's computers, it's going to exist. You know, even when we move on to holograms, when everything is a hologram, guess what? Technology is still going to be available. It's something very unique, and I'm very humbled to to be a pioneer in this field because it changes everything. My 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 record label feels more like a technology company, and my technology company feels more like an engineering firm because it is the future, and I think in the future people will be able to engage with the music on their own terms, but they'll be able to embrace the technology on a worldwide spectrum because everything is going to be blockchain from your medical records to your financial records, you know, the way you do everything day to day. You know, you, you could be doing grocery shopping and, and, you know, your digital platform is going to tell you what you should be eating. And it's also going to show you what would happen if you don't eat those things. You know, in real time. Like, blockchain technology facilitates that. You know, you think it's, it's cool to open your phone with your face or an expression or a code. Imagine unlocking the entire car, the, 
well, your spaceship, I guess, your little baby spaceship in the future, your entire house, you know, it's all amazing stuff, man. You know, in the future, I may have a flight and it may be an NFT and, and I don't, you know, I don't want to take vacation time and I may gift it to a family member as a gift and then they can take the transfer of the NFT and then use the vacation time. You know, it's things like that. Like, you know, you may take a portion of your change left over for an investment and you may hold on to it long term. You may hedge it or leverage it against a loan or something like that. But then one of your relatives, maybe one of your children will have access to that as soon as they're born and they can start learning real financials and make real, real investments. I mean, the possibilities are just endless, man. Imagine a kid with a goddamn trust fund that can start making financial decisions based on what they actually consume, the brands that they gravitate to or towards before the age of seven. <laughs> can you imagine if you have a Warren Buffett collecting NFTs instead of Coca-Cola bottle caps? How much that would be worth today if he's already one of the wealthiest men in the world. Imagine what it would be if he had, you know, NFTs of Apple, <laughs> Microsoft, Amazon, <laughs> Google, Twitter, Instagram, just to name a few, Hulu, Netflix, Disney Plus. I mean, just think about it. The possibilities are endless. Imagine if I was able to buy Tupac NFTs during my time, you know, growing up. Somebody that's lyrics are being taught in a university. Imagine I could buy an NFT with his actual lyrics and own the rights to part of his catalog. And it didn't have to be a huge part. It could be 2 3%. Think about if, if I use that for everything. Just 2 to 3%. Ladies and gentlemen, i leave you with that. I think for today, I've done a phenomenal job to explain the basics because my intent is to give a full presentation with a PowerPoint slide to discuss what I'm aiming to do absolutely for free to the world. Then, adding that to the Kickstarter before it goes live. The feedback alone will be worth trying. Thank you all for your time, and we'll see you on the next one. Let's see if we can ride you guys off with a little bit of music. <laughs> hey. <laughs> you guys have a blessing. See you on the next one.